Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Steve. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's been a while. It has. I said to everyone, <laughs> I said to everyone you know, we're going to do these more frequently. <laughs> and that was um, <laughs> six weeks ago. <laughs> well, the, the problem we've got, Steve, as people I'm sure realise now, is you are a very busy lad. Yeah. You've got busier and busier and busier with all your new projects and new ideas you've come up with i know you can't have it all no that's it i've the the list of things to do it just gets longer by the day and and these aren't necessarily some of them are day-to-day tasks but these are things that i want to do like Mm. the i think i said this about this before like improvements or additional things and Mm. sometimes they're quite easy to implement Mm. like recently with Redbubble, like that that was got the idea implemented done that's right and now like it there's the maintenance of um getting as much work up there as possible and Mm. for those that haven't checked it out yet we've people can now buy prints canvases greetings cards phone covers or phone covers or clocks (laughs) or mugs all kinds of things but we've i'm putting up a lot of your original artwork Mm. so there there will We'll, I'll get around to doing as many or all of them as possible uh, of your pictures, but the ones I'm starting from the beginning, really, mm. from the really high res prints that you mm. that you did, um, or pictures that you did a long time ago. So that was quite easy to set up. So people can check that out. Go to redbubble.com or go to um, on our blog or on our website. There's a sidebar, uh, add on the sidebar for it. So that's quite easy, but there's loads of other improvements I want to make to the site that are on my list as well to improve mm. it. And we've got so many good projects coming out. It's And a few people have said, what's coming out? What's coming up? And I want to give people an idea of what is coming up. So mm. it's it's also getting together with you and saying, right, what's, right. what can we juggle that's around right. here? Because we've that's got right. so many. What can we put up next? And we just spoke about the Cezanne. And I feel like that's that was so long ago compared to what you're you've done now so it's it is really exciting there is so much to be looking forward to if you're a member of the site it is so exciting now i think to i mean we know what's coming up you guys don't know what's coming up yet but trust us there's there's some good stuff there yeah (laughs) um but the main focus of this is to get some questions and start picking your brains because um i asked for more questions and oh we've got loads (laughs) So thanks, everyone. This is great. And this is going to hopefully prove to be quite a informative episode. I'll start with a question for Maria. Uh, well, for you, by Maria. She said, hi, Steve. I've purchased a pastel map paper and decided to paint a kitten on the blue pastel map. I've watched Colin's helpful videos and learned about the base colours he uses to enhance his paintings. And so far, I've only watched him use the sand-coloured ongre. But my question is, um, should the base colours be different when using blue pastel matte paper? Um, yes, and that, that also applies to other colours as well. But blue is probably one of the ones you've got to be really careful of. You've got to always remember that whatever, you, whatever the colour that you're using will have some kind of influence on the finished picture. That's pretty obvious. So if you're going to do blue, nighttime scenes work really well on it. So I would say that, uh, yes, I, I, if that blue cat, was it the cat kitten? 
Which one? What were they do? What were they doing on it, Steve? It was a kitten, but I can't remember what the picture oh, right. was now. Oh. Well, just there is a there is a cat with a blue background uh, on on the site, and that would work well with blue because if I've used a blue background, then somewhere in the kitten. Or it was laying down, kitten, wasn't that, it? That, that's not that's that was an original picture you did. That's not a, a project, wasn't it? I don't think so. No, Haven't I done that as a poor gosh. No, that's Folks, the, the, I think the tabby kitten with the blue background. <laughs> that was original picture, an uh, original one. I don't well, think that is. I think it's around somewhere because I've seen it recently. So somewhere. Oh, you saw it on Redbubble because I put it on Redbubble. Oh, that's where it was. Which, uh, but that's one of your original long time ago. That's well, not check a, out Redbubble now, folks, with the, that kitten. Uh, I can't show you how to do it at the moment. But that one would work. But that one would work because you've got, it's it's when I put, if I put a background on, you know, a blue background, which I did, and that was done on on grey to start with, that was sand on grey, then it would work. You know it would work because it fitted in. And anything with a cat with a blue eye, for instance, something that has got some kind of influence of blue, but you've got to be really careful. This is why I've always stuck so far to the sand on grey because you can do it's a neutral colour you can mm. put anything on it as people know but when you can't when you start putting background colours in you've got to be a bit more careful I tend to work just with the grey the dark grey because mm-hmm. you think well that dark grey is dark no it's not it's not a colour as such it's neutral so you can get away and this is why those pictures I've done on that have done so well the sand color paper is the other one that i love i think that would that works really well because it's similar to the ongre if you think about it you'll stay my idea mm-hmm. when you're looking at greens you've got to be a bit careful again pick a color that you feel would suit the picture landscapes would go quite well with green and um, the other colors uh, uh, anthracite is that another one yeah you see that's that's a tricky one. I, I did, um, on there, I did um, that little moonlight. moonlight scene. I remember. Yeah, that was that worked really well on that. That's the kind of thing you could, you, but you've got to be very careful with that. I, would be, I don't know whether that sells well, but certainly it doesn't lend itself to, to, a, to a light landscape or something like that. So do the base colours stay the same? You just have to be aware of the tone of the paper coming through it. Mm. The base colours, say, don't change. Not really, no. But the overall tone of that paper will come through, possibly. Mm. So mm. it's being aware of the kind of picture it is. Absolutely. I would stick, I, I'm sticking at the moment to the sand and the um, dark grey, mm-hmm. generally. I've wor- also worked w- with white as well. Now, I've done a picture on white and people think, how can you do a picture on white? Well, it worked really well. I can't give too much information away on that one, but it worked really well on that one because it had really had a very light base. Um, so, And there was another one which I I was tempted to use white but didn't and worked really well. Um, I can't remember what the colour was on that. I think it was sand again, wasn't it? Anyway, you've got to be you've got to be careful to pick them. Uh, there is no hard and fast rules on this. You've just got to say, do you think? Do I think that would work on this colour? Um, oh, I know what I did do, um, which you haven't seen yet. I do, did an uh, an animal with water, and there was a lot of green in the water, and I thought, hey, that would go on green background, and it did. 
really well because you've got a predominance of that color anyway. Mm-hmm. I still filled it up. I still put green on top of the green, if you see what I mean. Yeah. You can't just leave the, the base color. It's too flat. Mm. Uh, but it still enhanced the picture. So there's another example. Another one I did with the pelican. You remember I did the pelican, and that was on a light green background mm. because I really wanted to leave the background uh, without putting too much in it. Yeah. That was the free pelican one. Yeah. So you see, I, when, I go, when I look at a picture, I look at the picture and then think, what color shall I use? And I'd spend quite a long time thinking about how I want the finished picture to look and then work from there. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Maria. That's a good question. Okay. Uh, this is uh, just a bit of a feedback from Brian. We mentioned uh, the Cezanne picture in our last podcast. Hi, Stephen and Colin. I just wanted to uh, pass on a huge wow. I just finished watching Colin's latest demonstration of the Cezanne and absolutely loved it. Uh, I'm waiting for my polychroma sticks to arrive, which I ordered from your store. And as soon as they do, I'm going to tackle this impressionistic picture. Thank you so much for adding these types of challenges and giving us members such a variety of projects to do. Looking so forward to getting at it, and I'll send the picture in when it's done. And he did. He did, and it did really good. Yes. Yes, so... Um, so well done. Well done. Yeah. Okay, next one from Linda. Um, again, bit of a feedback, um, saying, please tell Colin his teaching so far has made me so happy to finally be able to produce such fabulous art after years of trying. I am very happy and start each day looking forward to when I can begin a lesson. Oh, that's brilliant. Exactly what we're looking for, that kind of feedback. Yep. It's really lovely. I I like to read these out and tell you in person. Just inflate your ego a bit. (laughs) I'm too old to think about that now. (laughs) Joking. So the next one is from Paul, and Paul sent us questions in our last well, not in our last podcast, but 202, where we um, talked a bit about the flowers, um, oh. the flower uh, that he was going to attempt. That's right, I remember. And uh, Paul's witness reply said, Stephen, Colin, thank you for addressing my questions, especially the one about having bitten off more than I can chew in the form of the pot and flowers, pot of flowers and the map of island composition I envisage someday doing for my daughter. I was not surprised by your answers and your thoughts and suggestions were all constructive and helpful. I've joined the Portrait and Still Life membership to get started practicing some of your beginner and intermediate flowers. I intend to take Colin's advice and start there with the hope of moving on to specific flowers I wish to draw in the composition I described in my question. I'm not afraid of giving this a go and eventually doing the picture again uh, in the future after developing a more complete skill set. Also, I was glad to hear that Steve was not a brat as a child. <laughs> so thanks, Paul. That's great. The other, the other point I would make, though, um, there, what people probably don't realise is if, if you are working on flowers, this is a great asset to you when you come to portraits because the, the combination of colours that you use and the delicacy with which you work, really works with skin tones. I found that the, the combination of those two work well. So if you, if you become prof- proficient at flowers, then you could well move into portraits and find that successful. There is a difference because uh, a flower is a flower is a flower and it can be have different shapes. Yeah. A portrait can't do that. You've got to be exact. But we are 
working on a, a program of being able to uh, produce a, a, a real portrait of a person from the beginning to the end. Mm. That's the original concept, the drawing out, the square drawing, and making sure that it's accurate. Because one of the things I've always um, insisted on whenever I do a portrait is the accuracy. You've got to get the everything right because the features are so important. I mean, you think we're all, we're all the men and the women, uh, all men are the same, basically. We've all got the same basic characteristics. So as a woman, so you've only got to be slightly out, just to, just by a tiny fraction, and it changes changes completely to another person. Mm. So you've got to be very careful. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on that. Or I'm going to spend a lot of time on that. So I'm sure that uh, people will look forward to that, mm. just by the way. Yeah, good point, good point. Well, I, there's another email that Paul sent over and he had a couple of tips that uh, I wanted to share with people. Paul said that he's found by photographing um, pictures, his work, or using his phone as he works on them, he can sometimes see flaws more easily than when looking at the actual picture. Yep. Isn't that interesting? No, I agree with so, that. So, you know, if you take a picture and you look at the photograph and maybe you can zoom in and stuff rather than looking at the actual work, yes. you found that, yeah, that, that that's interesting? Work. Yep. And the other, the other uh, side um, issue there is you can also turn a picture upside down. Oh. And turn the photograph upside down. Mm. Or the reference picture you, you upside down. You can't do it if it's still alive because that would be a problem. Would you stand on your head, please? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> or Mr. No, but for a photograph, photographic reference, you can, you can certainly do that. You can... Um, turn your reference picture upside down um it's also you can look in a mirror as well look at reflection in the mirror photograph in the mirror and and your picture in the mirror and look i guess at it, changes, it changes makes the makes the brain see it from yeah, something different right. than what it's used to because the brain makes up i don't know what percentage of what you see so by changing it you change it mm. i'm going to swap mics thing because the um cable's a bit funny on this is it, is it really it cuts out every now and again oh dear i'm but i have to be just very delicate with this one but you you're fine i'm all right now <laughs> i can throw it around can i now <laughs> yeah um the other tip that paul had was for people that prefer not to blow dust uh away um with their mouth you know when you you've said about worrying about spitting on your picture um you can use an inexpe- very inexpensive camera lens dust blower and that's what he's used that's a good idea um so it eliminates any the risk of any moisture getting onto your thing you can mm. just use this little thing so he he recommended one on amazon for eleven dollars 99 i don't know if you can get that in the uk as well um i'll put it in the description it was mm. a aa 1900 rocket air blaster anyway i'll put it in the description of this podcast if anyone's interested so thanks paul good tips the other thing we had, um, we mentioned Brian earlier doing the Cezanne picture and, and Brian shared a little story that he had and it, it reiterated the approach that we have to the word critique and how mm. um, teachers or professionals or perhaps people with credibility can really crush someone's That's kind right. of aspirations and mm. confidence. Um, so I asked Brian if we could... Uh, share his experience and this was brian's email in 2016 i just started drawing again after almost 30 years of not doing anything 
I did a picture of a deer in coloured pencils and found a guy online that had a website from the USA where he teaches and does online critiques. I decided to send it in to see what he thought of it, as I hadn't done any art or drawing in some time. Well, he tore it apart and criticised just about everything about it. He even complained that I didn't show the deer's feet. And in the picture, I drew the deer standing in long grass. So did I recently. (laughs) Yeah, it really wasn't a bad drawing. I remember how I felt and how much it hurt to see and hear him say those things uh, online on his weekly show. I must admit that since joining the Colin Bradley website, my artwork and confidence has grown immensely. I'm 61 years of age, retired and enjoying my artwork, and I'm even selling a few pieces here and there. I just wanted to thank you, big thank you to Colin for the way he teaches, and he makes it all very easy to understand and learn. It's because of Colin that I'm able to do pieces like the Keith Richards picture, and have it turn out pretty good. Many thanks to the both of you and how professional you run the website. I always look forward to seeing the new stuff from Colin. Sincerely, Brian. Oh, that's, that, that is, oh, I've heard that so many times. I really have in, in the whole of my career. Um, I've always had this uh, adversity to any kind of criticism because that's what it is. Critic- you shouldn't do that. What you should do is say, look, I see how you've done and you've made a, a good attempt at it. However, if you'd have done this or done that, or done that, it would have improved it. Now, there's a big difference between that and what this chap said. Mm. And it, it, it's the way you go about it. You have to tell people. I, I do tell people, and everybody who's listening would know if they've sent anything to me. I do tell them. But I tell them in a way that it's not demeaning. I don't say, you know, you're no good or this is really awful and you should never, ever pick up a pencil or a paintbrush again. Of course you should. And the way we do it, we say, I mean, I, I started from very humble beginnings. My first pictures that I did were awful. They really were. I wouldn't dare show them. I've improved, and I had nobody actually tell me that those pictures were bad. I knew that they weren't that good, but if I'd had somebody come along and said, well, what do you call that then? It could have destroyed it, and that was it. I don't know, it's not worth it going. I'll go and, you know, do something else. But I I was very lucky that that actually didn't happen to me. It did originally, as you know, when I was at school. Yeah. Yeah, but that and that stayed with me for a long time, but I wasn't as uh, sensitive no. as I would have been in later years. Yeah. Well, I just, I just think that's, I mean, we've had so many people mm. writing their experiences and it is such a shame, but also pleased that they found us and mm. had the confidence to, that's right. to go for it. So thanks Brian for sharing that. Okay. Next one from Linda. I'm fascinated by the train tutorial and aside from being long, a long course, and needing really <laughs> sharp pencils, I'm wondering what else makes it challenging and a masterclass. The, oh, the, the, tra- the train itself. Um, everything around it, if you looked at um, the, the, the brickwork and the sky and the foliage, that's probably, I should say, um, intermediate to advanced level. But the train is a whole different ball game. When you do something like that, particularly the track, that's the uh, track and the 
uh, wheels and all the under. When I looked at that, I thought, can I do it? I thought, well, I'll give it a go because it was so complex. But what you have to do, this is where impressionism comes in. You can't draw the actual thing. You have to do impression of it. So you, 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 it still looks as though it's a reality, but it's not. Mm. And if you saw the original, you would think, oh, my goodness, how, how on earth do you get that bolt there or this little arm here? Or You can't. If you try doing that, it, look, it will look awful. Mm. So you have to um, do your impression of what you think it's like. Mm. And that is really hard to do. That's what makes That's it what made that advance. Well, I'm sure people would realize that. I mean, the only thing you can do is try it and see how it comes out. Well, no, I understand what you're saying. You're taking something as complex and as realistic as that, and then you're having to turn it into a piece of art where you have to mm. be more mm. fluid and less detailed, uh, or being as detailed as you can without being, like you said, drawing every bolt. That's what makes it difficult. Mm. And also the, the general um, outline of a train the, the shapes and the and so angle on. of oh, that train is tricky very, as well to get very, the dimension very hard yeah you picked a really easy picture there didn't you <laughs> I, well i'd been asked to do a train yeah um by quite a few people prior to that and i thought oh, well i'll give it all right then i'll give you a train yeah and i'll give you a train <laughs> coming through a tunnel <laughs> coming out of tunnel rather yeah lovely thanks linda so the next one is a question um about watercolour that Betty sent in. Um, she's starting with watercolour and the the course that we did where you use uh, the Quinton Cottage, where you use pastel oh, pencils right. and watercolour. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, she asks if you had any tin, uh, tints, hints um, on the colours that you mix with watercolour to get um, some of the beautiful values and tones that you get with oh. your watercolour. If there's any tips that you can give. Because Betty has is saying that she has a problem with mixing colours without getting it mud. Like Absolutely. Oh. Is this one of the problems with watercolor? Oh, very much so, yeah. Oh, I think that is the main problem with watercolour because you have to... I had a... I was lucky. I had a natural ability when I first started. I didn't find it too difficult. I, I, I put the reds and the greens and the blues and the browns and, and they all went in and they all went in the right place. Um, but you didn't mix it in a palette before. Well, yes, I did. And yes, you, yes. you didn't get mud. I never got mud, <laughs> I was lucky, very lucky. It's not proving no. very helpful. <laughs> no, I know, and I'm sorry, there isn't, there isn't really an answer I could give, and there's no hints I can give, except to say, keep, keep to colours, to start off with at least, if you've got a reasonable um, range of colours in your, your palette, I think the best ones to get really, to be honest, is the, uh, not the tubes, the, the pans. Pa- pans, yes. Because you get quite a good range of colours. Stick to those colours, basically. Don't try mixing too much. But if you want, if you've got a, if you've got a pink flower and you've only got red, and white, you could put a little bit and mix it in the palette before you put it on the, um, on the on the picture. You should be able to do that. Don't go straight from the palette to the picture. You should always use, sorry, from the pans to the picture. Mm. You should always use an intermediary like a palette first. Mm. and uh, first because you get the colour you think oh yes that's the right colour put a dob on it on and then if it works add more mm. no it's very hard I, I, 
this is why I don't teach watercolour beyond what I have already done, because I feel that the pastel pencil is far, far better medium. Yeah. And easier to, to use. But yeah, I know people want to try watercolour, and they should try it. If they want to try it, they should try it. Yeah. But it's a, it seems a lot of your own experimentation with a pencil, it's a colour and it goes on, right. colour goes on. That's right. The You can't control how someone mixes the... I mean, you can't control how much pastel people put down but it's easier to control mm. and to see that than knowing how much is put in each palette and That's mixed right. with and how much water is put in and mixed with like very easy to watch you do it but mm. you know it's one of those that you very well the other difficulty steve is if you're doing a um, quite a large area you ha- and you run out of watercolor but you've mixed up you've got to do it again you've got to say got to get the same mixture otherwise you'll have a different tone go on Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? If you're doing a, a a roof, for instance, and you've only mixed so much water and you run out halfway through that roof, you've then got to remix the colour. You've got to get the same colour, otherwise you're going to have one roof slightly different to the next roof. Sounds frightening. It's pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, what you do there, in fairness, is you put a wash on. You put a wash all over, and then you put, you know, and you keep layering washes. Mm-hmm. And the washes generally would last you. The, for the duration of the of the picture and then it dries and then you can put other colors on top um but it is very hard watercolor is hard very satisfying i used to i mean i did an awful lot of watercolor when i started that's that's where i started out and i love doing it but it's it's really really hard to pick up and do um I admire people if they give it a go. And we've seen people use it. And, and the Hamilton Mill that um, goes out as a free course in on YouTube, that's a good one. But if you, I looked at that the other day again, and I thought, wow. Um, the trees in the background are brown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we think they should be green, shouldn't they? No, they shouldn't. They should be brown. And I put them in deliberately like that. Um, so... It kind of again, it's impressionism, isn't it? You're in, it's an impressionism more so than the pastel pencil work generally. Mm. Yeah, so it's not it's not easy. Lovely. Okay, thanks, Betty. I hope that helped. Well, I don't think it did because <laughs> it, there isn't experience. You do it and see how you get on. You shouldn't expect to do it straight away. Mm. Okay, uh, the next one we've kind of covered this actually earlier when we were talking about coloured um, pastel map. But Laura asks, is it possible that Colin can list alternative colour options for the paper that uh, you use? So, um, for example, Laura said she can't get hold of the green pastel mat, but she has other colours of pastel mat. So would it be possible to use another colour um, of the same brand? So we've talked about that yes. um, quite mm. extensively at the beginning. So yep. Yep. you can, but it depends on the tone of the picture. So I hope what we said about earlier helps with that this one was an interesting one um i didn't know if you could shed any light on this marianne said on our forum community forum that she's doing um her first pastel project and when she blows away the dust um it's not all gone and sometimes it sits on the surface how this is she's posing it to the forum how do people handle this will a brush ruin it like yes um she said that she read about someone using like a very small vacuum cleaner. (laughs) How do you get that problem when you blow? Why didn't you get that problem? I've got a greater big, I've got a big puff. So it's, (laughs) 
I see. Like that. It's about practicing your short, short, sharp breath. Yes. If um, sometimes, if I'm using, I tend to, I don't tend to get a lot of dust, I've got to say. Most of my dust goes into the picture. Um, but sometimes, especially on a, on a large area, if you're using, you get quite a lot of dust. If that happens to me, and it does, and I, and I think I've showed this a few times, I pick up the board flat on, and then I tap the board on the side, upside down into my waste paper bin. Mm-hmm. And that takes the dust immediately off. Instead of spreading it, it takes it directly off. Oh. Um, but I don't use that very often. It's, it's a problem I don't have. I've got to be honest. I don't have it. And people will see that when they look at the work. But if I have a little dust, generally I'd rub it in. And of course, with Color Shaper, I'm also blending that in. Mm. So I don't really create a lot of dust. Mm. Okay. But a good sharp blow puff yep will generally do it okay me. so it, it might be she's using too much too she much might, pastel especially in pastel bat because you, it tends to take it off the yeah so she might be using too much pastel gotcha okay oh good well, i'm glad i added that one in uh right well that is a bumper amount of questions we've covered a lot in half an hour thanks dad oh that's all right my pleasure i yeah. hope it uh, all helps yeah um, so keep them coming in. Um, we'll keep you posted. Another new project is coming out very soon. I can't remember which one it is. I've written it down, so I know what's coming. Oh, yeah. It's Karen Dash picture. The Karen Dash project. Oh. We'll talk about that next time. We'll talk but about it, that. by the time that comes, that podcast comes out, it would have come out. That was, yes, I must so, talk about it now, though. Nope. Right. Nope. But we, you will be able to get hold of, well, I mean, you can get hold of the pencils, the pastel sticks from Karen Dash uh, are coming very soon mm-hmm. to our store so people can get hold of those too and um, yeah you'll be using both of those in the uh, in yes the well project. that was interesting because I was only using the 12 pencils yeah 12 pencils and 12 sticks isn't it mm. so yeah so we'll talk about that next time but expect that uh, very soon great okay thanks dad that's all right my pleasure and thanks everyone for listening i'm stephen bradley and i'm colin bradley enjoy Enjoy your week. week